stop goal! And... It's over! They've done it! Evans has done it! Welcome to a very special episode of Two Woods Four Quarters, the Harlequins podcast. My name is Michael, and as always, I'm sat here with my cousin Will. But we are unbelievably lucky today to be joined by Quinn's superstar, Caden Murley. Welcome to the pod, brother. Thank you very much, guys. Great to be here, mate. It's been a while. We've been uh, we've been lining this up for a while. We had it on sort of good authority. We might be able to get you at some point last year. Then the England stuff started kicking off. Okay, we're just he's, he's a bit busy at the minute. He's flying. Became, became far too big time, didn't yeah, he? Okay, like just you know, the, the the superstar was growing, but mate, it's, it's class to have you on. And obviously, you know, perfect timing having just recently come back uh, in the squad on Friday night. Just a little bit of injury chat. Then obviously, it was a bit of a an innocuous one, sort of right at the end of pre-season. How is the knee feeling? Obviously, got some minutes under your belt on Friday night. How's it all feeling? Yeah, knee feels really good. No issues in that department. Lungs, on the other hand, coming back <laughs> away on a Friday night, chucking it about. I was absolutely knackered, but no, all good. Come through it all unscathed. So yeah, feeling feeling good. What was rehab club like as well? Because Steph mentioned that there were two or three lads on the on the knee table. Yeah, was it you boys all sort of curling up together and getting all the knee stuff done? Was there three or four yeah. of you in there? All, we're all pretty much following each other's schedules, doing the same thing. Really? So it's nice. It keeps you gives you a friend during the rehab because it can be quite lonely and quite isolated sometimes. So to have someone else there is nice. And yeah, hopefully we'll see him back soon as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. We do miss the captain a bit, don't we, at the minute? Yeah, we, yeah, we do. We do miss Steph. Um, I, so I played for Quinn's Ams. And if I get a couple of weeks off, I'm buzzing because it means I can <laughs> actually have a couple of weeks to recover because we don't get the recovery that, that you lads obviously get. But you managed 70 minutes on Friday. Feel good in those 70 minutes. It only took you about six, I think, to, to score your first try. We put out a post a couple of weeks ago with our <laughs> top so good. players at the moment. It's fairly evenly spread. I think Domers has got three. Dino's got three. Hammond's got three now after the weekend. Yeah. And um, you've just entered the fray as well with your first one chalked off. How are you feeling on that front? Well, we can't let forwards have top try scores. <laughs> <laughs> three forwards, so someone's got to do it for the back. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be... I'll be back up there, just building slowly to it. But yeah, I've, don't write me off. Joe, you know yeah. we were looking at that the other week because we were t- talking about the try scoring stuff and we were doing a little bit of research on it. And also you were top try scorer in the Prem last year. And then I looked back at the year before when Max Maynard's won it and I thought, oh, okay, it must have been right in the mix. And George McGuigan and um, yeah. Creevy were the next two on the list. I'm like, where's that coming Hookers from? Hookers don't count. Hookers don't count. No, yeah. <laughs> Tell that to Wacker and Jibs after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> going over. Riley's well, got a couple Jibs as well, actually. Wacker's just riding off the back of the other forwards yeah right yeah. it's so good all right then a little bit of England chat we won't sort of dive into it too early because obviously there's uh there's loads of it to go on to but around the World Cup you were obviously in and out of the bits of the training squad and it all became a little bit confusing for some of us because we were like well there's a training squad this week then there's a this player been released then there's a this one come back in and I can't actually remember how long it was you sort of spent in and around there but at one point were you thinking I'm in with a sniff here. I'm going to get the going to get the nod. Or were you a little bit not quite sure? No, I wasn't really sure the whole time. But obviously, after the first week, I think Ollie Hassel Collins got sent home pretty early, and it gave me oh maybe I am in with the shot. Obviously, he started in the Six Nations a bit, so um, I always thought I was in and around it. I thought I gave it my all, and that's all I can. I thought I trained pretty well. All the boys around me said I did pretty well. So yeah, I, I love being being in there in every minute of it. To be honest, we had a good group of Quinns boys obviously in there and. It was it was good vibes the whole time. It was tough, but it was it was good. And yeah, to not make it was frustrating. But look, I gave it my all, and that's all I can do. 
Yeah, what, what was the feedback on that? I think we're not necessarily biased as Quinns fans in saying that we had you down as our starting winger. I think quite a lot of the league, um, particularly other fan groups, have got you right up the top as well. What was the feedback, if you're happy to share it, in terms yeah. of your work-ons in order to get in the squad? Because the Six Nations charge must surely be on the on the cards now. Yeah, I think a bit of it was just experience. Like it was a new coaching yeah. group going in. They wanted an ex- a group of experienced players who had been there before and done it and yeah. Obviously, you look back at the World Cup before and the, they got to the final and they almost replicated it again this World Cup. So, look, it was a bit of that. But then I also had a good chat with Steve about he doesn't necessarily go through making your weaknesses into strengths because he knows that's not how everyone's going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to turn around one little aspect of your game and make it a strength. But it's about developing your strengths as well. So mine, for mm-hmm. example, ball carrying is trying to see how many times I can go get touches on the ball and um so like coming a bit more jack knowles i like to think i'd do that but he wants to see it go to the next level get like 10 12 carries a game so that's definitely something i'm working on nice You're, there's a bit of jack knowles about you actually i don't think we'd yeah. be the first ones to say that is that someone you you've watched and someone you model yourself on or I, i'm guessing you've got kind of a broad array of, of players that you watch and try and emulate yeah definitely he would be one up there that i think i think we're pretty similar height body shape and what obviously what he's done in england shirt and a lion shirt is his next level, and I always say that. But yeah, to try and emulate something like his career and hopefully kick on a bit as well would be nice. You're gonna try and avoid the tats, though. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'll get those tats. Are you not? You're not not an ink guy. <laughs> no, not an ink guy. No, nothing at all. Will's Will's got a little bit of ink. Yeah, you've well, got, got a bit of ink. Well, well I've, um, I've got one bit of ink. That's is there stays... a story behind this or something? <laughs> no, there there is a good story. Yeah, there's a good story actually. It's um, I don't know how it's probably not hindered mixed dating life because his is on his foot, but mine's right <laughs> by. I thought we were talking about my dating life then, which is on his knees at the minute. (laughs) Yeah, we've got, um, so when we started the pod, it was obviously January 21. And just six months later, you lads go on and win the league. And it was kind of like that Cinderella story. How on earth have we done this? Um, And we'd been in the pod game six months by that point. And we'd kind of followed the journey in a deluded way that we always (laughs) are, just completely obsessed with it. And we managed to blag tickets to the final, only 10,000 fans there. I think we were sat with all the staff and the women's team as well, just had the best day. And um, we decided, right, we're going to get tattoos. Yeah. We both got Roman numerals of the date that we won the league. So June wow. 2000. Will did it about two weeks after and it took me yeah. about 18, 18 months to play yeah. on the car to do it. So, yeah. But I think for Christmas, you bought me like a £25 voucher from Full of Ink. Oh, I, was like, I don't oh, think you God. even used it, did you? Uh, I think I lost it. I yeah. but I so I went I went and did it. I had to go for a couple of beers beforehand just to settle me down because I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big ink guy, but yeah, it's on there now. Because it's Roman numerals, I think it looks quite cool. But then you end up meeting people, whether it's through work or colleagues or whoever, and they're always asking, Oh, what's what's your tattoo? Yeah. And you've got to try and tell them the story, and it's not the coolest story to something. <laughs> yeah. You've got to come up with some lies for it. A bit of family chat then. Obviously, we were there at the final. Um our grandfather played for Quinns post-war. That's sort of how our, our journey into it start. And obviously your old man did a little bit as well. Talk to us about that. Yeah, 93 to 96, I believe it was. Um, nice. Yeah, he played, obviously it was back when it was, he's in the army and he has been, or he was for the last 30 or 37 years. So when they could play for both, he went and yeah, played a bit for Quinns. And actually for his birthday, just gone, I got him a nice frame shirt with my one and one of his old ones. Oh, sick. Oh, that's that's one. so good. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty jealous because I wish I had it. But um, yeah, I'm hoping he'll give me another shirt and we can get another one framed. Yeah, no, 100%. Cool. Yeah, well, that's what, really position, cool. what position was he? He was a flanker. 
He was yeah, I'm not surprised. He was He's enormous. I moved out to the back, I think. <laughs> He's absolutely enormous, your dad. So I'm not surprised yeah. he was a flanker. So yeah. When you say you, when you moved out to the backs, did you start off in the pack then? I was a flanker until 15. Oh, yeah. And then I just didn't grow enough. And they were like, look, you got a bit of toast. Get out, get out. <laughs> Chucked out in the centres first. And I've eventually made my way out to the wing. Did you ever go and do some forward training with Wev and try and sort no, of work on your Jacqueline? Not, not <laughs> chance. I look at what they're doing. We're running some nice back moves while they're beating each other up in a mall. And I'm like, I'm so glad I made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's as cold as it is at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Our backs are pretty good at jackling, you know. We've had quite a few yeah. turnovers. I think Lewis Line is right up there. Yeah, Lewis Line, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Big thing that Jerry Jerry goes through with us and he wants that to be a our like set apart in, in game. So yeah, like March was brilliant it as well. So yeah, yeah. Our backs have always been good at it. And Andre's just the machine, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, like, well he's big enough to be a forward, isn't I he? Know. So it's not yeah. I remember two or three of those turnovers he made last year, and you just think the bloke's a complete freak, but yeah. When you're training with those guys, are there any ones in training that you know you sometimes hear about these football stories where sort of guys like Aiden Hazard were just like absolutely gash trainers, but then unbelievable on the park. But the ones that are like the proper, proper tough trainers, who sticks out? Tough trainers. Um James Chisholm, he's got Is one he? level. Um yeah, he's a great trainer. Andre, probably quite the opposite. I'd say he, he's almost Eden Hazard. He just yeah. Brain. He doesn't need to do much, and then come a game, he's a machine. Tyrone Green's probably pretty similar. Not much, not much for a trainer, but get out on the pitch and you see what he can do. Um, who's a good trainer? Marcus, obviously, a good trainer. Yeah. He just loves rugby so much. He loves being a part of it, getting his hands on every time. Um, yes. Yeah, who, sh- who shifts the most tin about from the back then? Um, it used to be Mark. Aaron Evans it? has got a ridiculous bench press on him. Ridiculous, yeah. I reckon he's probably the strongest back. What numbers? Uh, he's chucked, he chucked up 140 for four, I think. Jesus, he's only about 85 kilos. He's got delicate hands, it's another way he moves the ball. You wouldn't yeah, I know, the I one know. that's like absolutely huffing it. Yeah. How's uh, what are your numbers looking like these days, especially with the knee? Has it been a slow, slow build up back into the, the big squats and the big deadlifts? Yeah, back in- squats yeah but there was a big focus on upper body so yeah it's been it's been getting up there but no I'm not there Lennox is strong as well strong boy yeah was it Will Colley that was talking to us about trying to go into the 300 club for something yeah on squat or something yeah that's absolutely obscene isn't it Imala Simon Kerr and all of them Jibs actually yeah he's he's a freak Steph said to us a few weeks ago that he's like Jibs is the dark horse for young player of the year this year reckons he's reckons he's proper I agree yeah. And a few few lads that we've spoken to in and around sort of rugby are like future England, like yeah, look out for him. Going to be yeah. class. He made an yeah. impact on Friday night, didn't he? Off the bench. In fact, actually, let's let's talk a little bit about yeah. about Saints. How did you feel you guys went? It felt like a reasonably good performance, bar the odd big mistake, which ended up costing us in the end. What was the chat like after the game, and, and what's the mood like in camp after the last couple of weeks? No, obviously after the Saris game, we we didn't shoot a shot. We didn't. Yeah, we were. Nothing like ourselves, but after Northampton, we thought we did. We were a bit more back to our usual selves. I think we still weren't quite there. We still weren't quite clicking like we usually do. But look, we scored 33 points away from home. We have to come away with a win and we have to be more yeah. ruthless. Yeah, they, like you said, those two, three big mistakes. The one just before half time killed our energy a bit, I think. But overall, I think we, we were better than we were the week before. And it's something that we can definitely build on. Yeah, 100%. And then Danny Wilson largely said the same just there as well. We've spoken to Steph about it this season already and we can kind of feel like he's really making an impact. 
What what's he been like to to work under? Obviously, you've not been on the training park too much with him in comparison to other players, but you've been in and around the setup. What what kind of difference has he made? Do you feel much of a a shift, or is it more just focusing on the details? As Steph has said, yeah, no, focusing on the details. He's a stickler for detail. I think yeah. if you don't know your role or you don't know anything, like he, you know, you're getting called out. So it's brought a bit of an edge to that. Good, nice. Some maybe you could get away with missing a couple of things, but you can't get away with anything, whether it's just presenting the ball at a breakdown. Like he's just so on it, on it every yeah. time, which is what we need. It, it drives our standards up and it gets everyone on the same page. So yeah, he's he's been awesome since coming in. And it must have been quite tricky for him as well, actually. I think everybody loves a World Cup, but they are disruptive because yeah. the league season starts. It starts later as well. You get sort of half a squad, you get... Players coming back in like we've experienced in the last couple of weeks, just as it felt like we were settled and then everybody needs to kind of familiarise themselves with the new players around them as well as new ways of playing. So it felt like the World Cup can be disruptive as much as we love it. It feels like now after Saints, everybody's familiar with the, with the new players. Will yeah. and Marcus Smith haven't played too much together before. We had DC and Marcus Smith on Friday night and you look at, Launchbury coming in and, and playing every week up until Friday just gone. It feels like now everybody's starting to get those combinations together again. And Friday night at home at the Stoop could be quite a big one. Yeah, 100%. I think obviously a few boys were rested last week, but they'll come straight back in and we good to have them back. But yeah, I think we're excited to where this squad can go. Like you said, I think the depth, like the young boys stepping up who've come through the academy, Finn Baxter, Riley. Yeah. Ed, but I think it's just driven the competition in the squad massively, the fact that they've come in and set that tone at the start of the season as well for us. And yeah, there's definitely an edge in training and there's so many disappointed boys not getting the squads, but uh, it's, it's testament to the depth of our squad. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, guys like Finn and Riley and like even, well, Joseph, who's not you know an old boy, was he early 20s? But some of those guys that are coming through are, are massively sort of laying down markers with shirts. But obviously yeah. their introduction to rugby is... You know, it's not the the glitz and glamour of the Premier League. And I was actually in um, the hospitality seats during this um, Falcons game when you came in and did a little bit of pre-game chat and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Does that stuff happen quite organically through the squad? Like guys saying, oh, do you mind coming to do this? Or are there certain guys that sort of put their hand up and, and nominate themselves to do bits like that? I think there are some boys that prefer talking. I would probably be one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mind getting up. They can they can hold a room. Some boys shy away from it, but look, Quinn's try and kind of push you into it if you have had a long-term injury just to take, get your skill set working. I think being able to, if you can talk in front of a room full of strangers, it's so much easier to talk in front of a squad meeting or in front of a group of boys um, after training. So look, it gets people's personality out there and, and they can uh, hold, hold a room better. And in terms of obviously doing stuff in and around like the the time you've got off with injury, a few boys have got these little side hustles going on. Was it Chisholm yeah. had the old chockey pot things <laughs> with, and like Collier's always doing you know some sort of barbecuey, winey stuff. He loves all that stuff. Have you got anything? Hayden Hyde's like writing a book, isn't he? I remember the Quinn's Library yeah. with Dave Rogers. Hayden Hyde was talking about the book he's writing. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that, that's no, I'm nothing like that. I, wish I, <laughs> I can't. I couldn't. Even, I wouldn't even know where to start. But um, no, for me it was just trying to um big up my skill set in rugby. So. Um, for me, it was my speaking and trying to get a bit more about it. So a bloke came in um, and did a workshop with me talking about how to hold a room, how to be a better leader, that kind of thing. So I like to see as myself as, well, uh, definitely over the next few years, the likes of Danny and Joe will move on. Launchbury's coming in and been brilliant, but look, he's not going to be around forever. So 
trying to step in and fill their shoes. Me and Dom have been doing a bit of that off the pitch to try and let, yeah, so we, we can step into the shoes that those boys fill. That's class there. I love that. Because well, we had that, we always make the comparisons between your sort of 2012 side and then your 21 side. And obviously there are the, the similar lines with mainly Marcus and, um, not Marcus, Danny and, and Marla. But then you look at the guys like, you know, your, your George Lowe's, your Jordan Turner Halls, those sort of guys. And then seeing guys like you and Lewis, Marcus and Domers, it's that sort of next blood of the next yeah, 10 years. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. feel that as well? Do you guys feel that sort of, right, it's us six, seven lads that are going to be the next 10 year, 10 year lads that are moving it forward? Yeah, 100%. I think we said it after the final, we said that exact thing. I think people didn't almost realise how young we were when we won that. I think we yeah. were about 20, 21. Yeah. Look, we're still pretty young. If you look at our back line, like, Apart from obviously you got Danny who's the dad of the squad. But <laughs> we're all in around that 24, 25 mark and some are even younger down at 21, 22. So look, we've still, we're still not in our prime yet. And I think that's the most exciting thing. But yeah, it's definitely something we see going forward. And what about mentors then when you came into the squad? Like obviously when we had Lewis on, when it was a couple of years ago, he spoke that, or he told us about how Brownie was like massive. Yeah. Sort of when he sort of he just like you know cottoned on to him and sat in his sat in his sat in his sort of next to him all the time wanted to learn from him. Who was your guy for that? For me, it would probably be Tommy Williams. He was the academy coach at the time. Yeah. So like when I came in, I'd go through like all my games at Isha with him. Um, I'd go through training with him and all, and he he was an unbelievable player. Like he might not have been yeah. the biggest physically, but his mental game and how he read the game was ridiculous. So I probably owe a lot to him. And then yeah, same as Lewis Brownie was always brilliant with the high ball work. Tim Visser in a different kind of way, getting your personality out and a bit of confidence because he—I've never met anyone like him. <laughs> yeah, those those three were definitely probably the people I'd look up to. Tom Williams scored in that 2012 final, didn't he? So yeah, he obviously ended up with the academy. Jordan Turner Hall in the mix of the coaches. Yeah. Now you're obviously miles away from anything like that at the moment. But would you ever see yourself going into coaching, or have you got a long-term plan beyond rugby? It's probably far too soon to ask, but it's just mm -hmm. interesting to see what makes you tick outside of the pitch. No, I haven't really thought about like I need to, yeah, yeah. what I want to go into. I've I've done a bit of coaching at some of the some of the low leagues. I did some bits down at Old Rigations for the past couple of seasons. So yeah, it's down for Quinn's amateurs, mate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 he's always like, always yeah. trying to drag glass down. Like, oh, lad, come down on Tuesday night. Yeah. Luke Povey, our coach, will be listening to this as well. He'll be loving it if you come there. Come yeah, and get I, a game. I, as well. yeah, I'd, I'd happily do that. I enjoy, like, I enjoy it to see. I think it puts you can teach me to pass on off both hands. <laughs> Going down to a rugby club on a Tuesday, Thursday night in the in the rain in, in January when it's so cold and just seeing the boys love it and getting stuck in, it gives that you that almost that love back for for rugby that sometimes when we're out on the pitch three times a week freezing, I think you can't you could kind of lose it a bit, but yeah, into perspective and look, uh, it's it's an incredible sport and I think a lot more can be done probably for for the grassroots game. Yeah, it's just a good segue that actually. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, and I find this conversation a bit mundane sometimes, so maybe we won't spend too long on it, but the talk of rugby needing to grow and the different ways of marketing it and the different products. And I actually saw Courtney Laws, I think it was Good Bad Rugby, maybe a couple of weeks ago saying a North East South game would be pretty yeah. tasty and a good way of marketing the game. What are your thoughts in general on all of that? Or, or do you kind of skim past it and just keep your head down and doing what you need to do? And what would your thoughts be on a north-south game as well? North-south game would be pretty cool. I think it'd yeah. be tough. Those northerners, yeah, they're, they're pretty great. As long as it's played in the south as well. They've got no good stadiums. If, if you play it, if you play it at Kingston Park, it's a one-sided <laughs> affair. You've got to play that. <laughs> no, exactly. But no, I think 
I think the game needs to create more superstars. I think that's the big thing. You look at football and you've got so many stars that kids look up to. I think the more you can grow it on social media. So look, if you look at like DuPont at the moment, I think obviously yeah. best in the world, but the way he goes about it and his social media and everything is what kids look up to. I think that's why France are probably going so well, but to create like your Marcus Smiths, your own Farrells, your all of that, to try and make them um, bigger superstars almost. So people read about them in that kind of way, not just through rugby. Um, I think that would be something. It's um, a good one, isn't he? He kind of transcends the sport in a way in France. I think he's been on covers of magazines and um, exactly. very much involved in the fashion space as well. I can see you on a couple of like magazine covers as well, Kane. Yeah, I can see Kane on a couple of covers. We, <laughs> we'll make that happen. We'll Maybe make that happen somehow. Like men's, men, men's health or something like that. <laughs> Rich out. from Twickenham Times. <laughs> um, DuPont's going to be at the Olympics. Michael Hooper's just announced he's going to do the same as well. Obviously, want you playing for Quinns, but anything like that ever tickle your fancy? I would have, I would have loved to do that, but no, it doesn't work with the timings of the season. Probably, yeah. um, I think there'll, it, be, there'll be another chance as well. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I, but I think it's a great way to grow the game. I think everyone yeah. chooses the Olympics, and I think every time it comes around, you watch it. So, to have your biggest stars playing in something like that is is what we want. A little bit back to the start then, or to be so briefly about Dad and Will's obviously mentioned the grassroots stuff. You've got a bit of a different sort of route into rugby, obviously doing little bits of growing up in Germany and yeah. stuff like that. How what was the rugby like when you were there? There was no rugby when I first moved there. No, no rugby club, no nothing. But mum and dad, or well, dad loves his rugby. He was like, I want to set up a rugby club. So mum did all the paperwork, I think, set it all up. She was Amazing. the secretary. Um, because it was a big military camp, obviously a lot of people grew up with rugby. So yeah, I remember going down there and I think it was about 10 inches deep of snow and running around in a rugby kit. And, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. And it's testament to them. It shows how much they've given to me, to my career, to try and put me in the right stead. Now, I just want to know what the kit was like. Imagine creating your own rugby club. Where would you start? Like, what colours yeah. would you go for the kit? How do you leave your mark on it? Very cool to leave a legacy. I just want to know what the kit was like. We were the Paderborn Pirates, it was called. Amazing. My parents are from Penzance. And nice. they were the Cornish Pirates down there, obviously. So they thought they'd bring a bit of that over to Germany. So we're the Paderborn Pirates. Um, we had a nice, it's kind of like a little grey, it was a grey kit with black sleeves. It was it was a nice little kit, actually. Yeah. Oh, smart, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, it was nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's what they went for. They kind of brought a bit of Cornwall over to Germany. And then when you obviously moved back to the UK, what sort of age, what sort of age did you start sort of really getting into the academy and thinking, oh, okay, I've got a little bit of a sniff here? I wasn't till late. Obviously, I was a flanker until I was 15, 16 and never really got in anywhere. I actually got told when I went for a county trial, you're never going to make it. You're way too small. Um, and that, and then at that point, I was like, oh, maybe it isn't. But then luckily, I got a trial at Quinns. I think I was I think I was almost just turning 16 at that point. Got a trial at Quinns, got in there um, and then never looked back, really, I think moving out to the centre is probably the best thing that happened to me and I'm glad I did. And yeah, they gave me the, my chance and I've been with them ever since. Did you do much sport in between then as well, around that sort of 14, 15 time? You weren't like Danny, who was desperate to be a footballer. No, I wasn't desperate to be a footballer. When I was younger, actually, I did love my football. And I remember as a point, I think I was about 10, and my mum was like, look, to my dad, you're going to have to let him make his own decision. You can't force him down, <laughs> down any bath. And I think it was a bit of a toss-up, but I cho chose rugby and I think he's happy. But you're a United fan as well, aren't you? United fan, Where yeah. does that come from? Uh, well, there's no football in Cornwall. Nothing in yeah. Cornwall. My parents didn't support a team. The only person that supported a team in my whole family was my older cousin. Um, and he was a big Manchester United supporter. I think he just kind of hopped on as a bit of a glory hunter. And I obviously that was the only taste of football I had when I was young. So I jumped on as well. 
if I'd have followed my older cousin's football team, I'd be supporting Watford still. Will's a Watford fan and he's struggling <laughs> with it. And then got the, got the mighty Albion, you know, fighting for European football again this year. 3-2 yeah. away yesterday at Forest. With, Dunk got sent off. I know that Joe's a big Brighton fan as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the, the little bit of concert with him out of the World Cup with <laughs> them sending him Dunky's shirt. That was so class, good. yeah. That was class. class. Yeah. Any Watford fans in the squad? Watford, I'm not sure. I don't think <laughs> that's a no, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't think so. Domers yeah, yeah, is, is a big Palace fan. Yeah, Domers is Palace. So Will Evans is struggling down with Norwich at the moment. Yeah. He, he goes to the away days as well, doesn't he? Like, yeah, he loves it. Loves it. loves it, yeah. And then all the boys always get a bit of cricket chat as well. Yeah. It's like Chiz like, playing in the gym and Kenner's is... Yeah, well, Kenner's is, is really good. Is that oh, Kenner's yeah. granddad, I think, was played for Charlton, I think. Something like that, yeah. A sporting family. Yeah, I think so. Just keen to evolve that conversation a bit away from sport. And I know we've um, we've asked about career interests outside of rugby, but what keeps you busy off the pitch? What are you up to in, well, what are you up to today on your Sunday? What are you up to in your evenings when you're not training? What what keeps you occupied and focused? I spend an obscene amount of money on coffee. We're going, we go out for coffee. We've got a nice little coffee and cards group in Guildford. Oh, so I love that. Coffee's got a place in cards, which is oh, nice. Oh, great. Yeah. Who's, so who's in the coffee and cards WhatsApp group? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's mainly boys, it's all boys in Guildford. So like me, Dommers, Jared Evans, Sam Riley, George Hammond, um, Tom Lorde, James Chisholm live out in Ash, but they've managed to jump into the group chat. <laughs> uh, it's no, we got, this, we, isn't it? Yeah, we got a good group of us, which is nice. Decent. I love stuff like that. Like, I, I remember Marcus telling us about um, the boys playing loads of Prudo and all that sort of stuff yeah. on, the, on the bus trips. Are you big into that as well? Still big into that. Yeah, there's we get lo- like little tables of four on our bus, and yeah, there's a different game going on at every table. So, but yeah, we so obviously that competitive edge it comes out. Who are the big players? Um, of Perudo, Joe Marler loves his Perudo, Will Collier, Danny, and Domers and Marcus, they all have their little game going on. Um, and then there's usually like a younger lads who are kind of follow, following on from them, got the idea from them, we play as well. One thing I was going to ask you as well, just a bit more sort of Quincy chat. We've obviously loved going on the European trips. Like we did Montpellier yeah. together last year. We've done the Racing one. Obviously you scored that unbelievable try in the corner in front of all that sort of 700 <laughs> army of just quite Quins fans <laughs> at, um, at Racing. Some of the big trips, obviously your domestic stadiums, are there any that sort of stick out in your mind of those are the ones I love playing at and must have been some European ones as well. We were like, right, we've got, we've drawn them in the Europe. That's the big one. That's where I want to be playing. Clermont was the one that stuck out to me. I think the result didn't go away. We, I think we actually got pumped. But I've never seen a town galvanise around an event like that. It was the band. It was so loud. I couldn't, I remember Brown was at fullback and he was shouting at me and I couldn't even hear a word he was saying. So probably did something wrong. Um, that was definitely the one, like out of all of the ones I've done, that's the one that stuck out. That's top of my rugby away day bucket list, I think, Claire. Yeah. Probably in more recent time as well, La Rochelle. La Rochelle feels like yeah. it's similar to that Claremont football style crowd with yeah, the, the flags and everything. So mm-hmm. that's that's top of my list for sure. One we are definitely doing this year is is Cardiff away in January, where we're gonna yeah. try and we're gonna get on the train. Maybe we'll get a couple of card games going on the train yeah. as well. Will's yeah. just looking forward to putting his chat to test out in Cardiff. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, you're, just, you're, you're just a sucker. You're thinking like all these away days we talk about. Like, Will wants to go to Newcastle, and I'm like, oh, do you really want to go to Kingston Park away? He's like, yeah, Newcastle, great night out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> night out, yeah. yeah. Cardiff's a good night out, actually. It is I've, a never, great night out. I've never been. I think you need to ask Dylan 
for some stories in Cardiff. I've heard he's a good one to get out on the beers. I don't know if I want to hear yeah. Devin Lewis's stories in Cardiff. Yeah, <laughs> I think got... other ones you were talking about as well. Like you were talking about Sale and doing like Manchester, Manchester, yeah, Manchester night. Great night out, great, great night out. Love yeah. Manchester. Mix, get... Mix just totally against the north, aren't you, mate? Not... <laughs> no, we've had the you first. No, you're going to do round You don't one. go north of Watford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm certainly not going to Watford to watch your horrible <laughs> lot. But, no, it's, uh, no, look, I'm, I'm born, born and raised by the sea in the south. I'm a southern boy. I'm much like Caden, you know, Cornwall, Brighton, born and bred. <laughs> anything anything outside of like the M25 too far north get a little bit tetchy. Unless you're on the farm somewhere in the Yorkshire Dales, then it, everything's fine. But other than that, uh, it gets, gets a bit much for me. Okay, mate, we'll just um, we'll wrap up just with some rugby chat then before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Obviously, we're now a third of the way into the season. You played your first game in the league, you know, ticked off with a try. Annoyingly, we didn't sort of get the result down at Franklin's Gardens. But in this next little block, obviously, we've got two or three games up until Christmas. We then got a big trip at Bath around the Christmas time. And then we've obviously got, you know, a big game at Twickenham, which always, you know, you seem to love bagging meat pies there. It's one of your, one of your favourite games. But... What are your little sort of mini aspirations in this next block of seven or eight games? I know we've got a little bit of um, European rugby in, in between then as well. Yeah, yeah. I think this this next game is massive. Sale at home. I think before we go into Europe, I think that's going to be a big, big focus point in in the prem. And then look, we'll go to Europe and and see what happens. Obviously, rassing away to lose at home. I think are the first two, aren't they? So yeah. look, tough games, but see what happens there. You never know. And then yeah, those. That, and then I think it's Bath away. That's got to be one we focus on before we actually have the nicest Christmas break I think I've ever had at the club. So oh, really, being so late, which is nice. So look, the timings around it work really well for us. So it's definitely going to got to be something we focus on. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, hopefully the weather stays stays dry for us. But yeah, it's it, funny the way that breaks sort of come around, hasn't it? Because obviously the twenty third means you get probably yeah. I'd imagine Christmas Eve and and Christmas Day off to just chill. Yeah. And then maybe Boxing Day in in at some point, a couple of days yeah. in, then you're sort of bleeding into big games. So you probably get a nice two days to sit in front of the telly and you know eat loads and not drink, yeah, exactly. not, not drink too much. Great, which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, I think before we've we've always had either a team run or something, and then the game's so close, you don't want to don't want to go crazy. But this time you've got a bit more time off, so we can all be a bit more relaxed, which is nice. And have you got any idea how many tries you scored in big games? Uh, I think I've only scored three. But you got one at Exeter last year. That was a chip over the top. Hampton the week the year before. That was true. I remember I remember the extra one because obviously we got shafted by COVID, then the trains, yeah. and then obviously moving into March. So this year we should, it will be a proper eighty five thousand plus sellout. Yeah, I think it's a great there. day as well on the thirtieth, obviously, and then people can roll in and do a big double header. So yeah, I think it will be yes, and then a bit of infernos afterwards. Yeah. Are you are you, are you, lock, are you, lock, are you locked in for infernos? Are you? It's, a long, it's, a, it's a long way back to Guildford rude, in an Uber. It's rude not to. It's rude. I actually remember you. I don't know if you remember this, Caden. I think it must have been a couple you're, of years ago. You're going to stitch him up here, aren't you? I'm going to stitch him up. I don't know what's coming here, Will. No, no. I remember we were chatting on Instagram from the podcast account and you left us a voice note. I think you're oh, in, no, I do remember in infernos just telling us how great it was. It was amazing. That was yeah, when I think that might have even been the night Dave Rogers was in there with us. Have Ooh. you heard about this story? Yeah. Well, you then cycled, cycled, cycled home. home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're actually we're actually meeting him for lunch uh, to do and do some planning at sort of stuff for January. And uh, he doesn't he doesn't do doesn't do the beers. And they just like he told this story about cycling home. That's yeah, I know. Like twelve miles. He definitely did the beers that night. Yeah, who cycles like twelve miles? Oh, no. Wolfram, so we probably stitched him up more than we stitched Caden up there. Yeah. So. I don't know. He actually he actually put it out on Twitter um, when the Inferno thing yeah, with, Archie, just, uh, with Archie Curzon yeah. came on. I, actually, I don't think he uh, might. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so good. 
Do fun. any of the boys like that sort of Archie Curzon chat, the CEO of Clapham? Yeah, I think they all find it. It's so rogue, isn't yeah. it? So I, I imagine Chisholm loves it. That's right up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I know all my mates who are like in and around rugby, but not quite maybe Quinns fans are all texting me going, This is this is nuts. Like, yeah, that's and it adds a different element to it. You might get a couple new fans who go to the game and enjoy it and then that yeah. you hopefully cling on to them for the rest of the time. I think it's a good way to grow the game and get a younger generation into it. It's smart from them because they'll obviously sell out on New Year's. So why not sell out the night before after the big game exactly. as well? It's, it makes yeah. sense for them. It makes sense. Just before we let you go then, mate, give us some little bit of sale chat. What are you expecting from them? What are you expecting from the boys? How are you feeling about it? Oh, look, with sale comes a great kicking game. Obviously, you've got George Ford at 10, Gus Ward at 9, who control the pitch pretty well. So our, our like territory and kicking game's got to be on it. But there are opportunities with the way they defend and we, we can exploit the way they defend. They leave a bit of space on the edge. So hopefully there'll be a few running opportunities for, for me on the wing if I'm selected. Friday night lights as well. It's what, it's going to be a big one, this one, isn't it? Because like yeah. I said, we're, we're a third of the way through the season now, four and three. If you can make that five and three and then that little bit of separation starts coming in the table up until the Christmas period, it's going to be massive. 100%. And look, we'll have the fans behind us, I'm sure. I'm sure Quinns will put on a show as well there at the Stoop. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll all be excited for it, not for it. Beautiful. Well, mate, we'll leave you there. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Fingers crossed we uh, see you flying into the corner on um, on Friday night. Yeah. And also, if you do, with uh, this is something we haven't done before, Will. If Caden scores on Friday and it's at the South Stand then, we need to try and think of like a little celebration. You know, the old... <laughs> oh, you know, the old we, need we need to try and think of something like that. Maybe, can't maybe, do him like this. You can't end the episode <laughs> by doing him like this. Maybe, little, maybe like, hold, yeah. hold, a little mic, hold a little mic to your hand, one of them maybe. If, he's, <laughs> if, he, if, he's, if he scores in the South Stand on Friday night, little hold, hold up the mic and then give Ka- it a Caden, there's no pressure on that. Although, was, wasn't there one you did recently for a dance? Was it you or was it another player? Was no, it that was, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did. I just did a Jess. I don't even know why I did it. it Jess- Lingard. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, is that one? And then, and then the... he's yeah. And then he said, if you hit a Michael Jackson dance when you next score, then I'll get you tickets. And by that time, he'd signed in the January window. I think and left. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think the next score was against Saracens fairly early on, and that's not a team you want to be pulling out that celebration no, exactly. within the first five minutes because it exactly. might come back to bite you. So yeah. no extra. So, well, at least it's not as bad as the Jaylings. Yeah, that's, that's pretty hanging. Yeah. Anyway, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Have a wicked rest of your Sunday and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on Friday night. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Top nice man. one, Caden. Cheers, mate. Moving on to the next section of the podcast. That is a third of our season done now after Friday night against Northampton. That's six games gone. 18 in the season now, just a 10-team league. Super cool having Caden Murley on. I think that's one we've had lined up for a very, very long time. Even better to see him back out on the pitch and scoring tries after just six minutes. Let's do a quick game review now of Northampton Saints and then we'll preview Sharks before we wrap up. It started well, didn't it, mate? That man, Caden Murley, first try of the season, definitely putting his hand up to be top scorer yet again. He started as he means to go on. Finished it well. It wasn't straightforward. Had to carry a man with him, Alex Mitchell. Good start. Well, he just sort of ran over Mitchell, didn't he? Like, yeah. just giving the and he mentioned it there, talking about you know carries and getting his hands on the ball and being physical. He just absolutely ran over the top of him. But yeah, we timed it well getting him on, didn't we? Because we sort of lined that up about Monday, Tuesday, and then it sounds like he was in the squad for Friday night. So that was perfect. Yeah. Um, but no, mate, it started well, and obviously there's a little bit of selection in there as well. So Marla, as Caden said, there rested, launched, be rested. So a little bit of a chop and change. Joseph starting at thirteen, but I felt good going into it, and it you know we we sort of said it on um. On the last episode, it took me a little bit of time to 
sort of reset the balance after after the Saris game. But yeah, Monday, Tuesday, got my head around it. And right, I can get to Northampton pretty quick, straight after work, straight over on the tube. One, once, well, was it 40 minutes on the train up there from uh, from Houston, 45 minutes. And then, yeah, we, we were in and we were going six minutes in and we're thinking, right, we're off and, we're off and running here. Horribly cold, wasn't it? It's quite a yeah. straightforward match day to get up to Northampton for me because I work in central London. So I'm just up to Houston and up on the train as you were, probably about half an hour behind you. But I remember getting off the train thinking, God, it is bitterly, bitterly yeah, it cold. Was. Not one to be a winger on. Um, but as Caden mentioned there, he's he's obviously looking to come, come looking a little bit more, come and get more game involvements, much like Steph saying about Alex Dombrant shedding a bit of timber and, and getting mm. his hands on the ball more often because... More game involvement for Alex Dombrant is only going to be a good thing. And hopefully we see a bit of that with Caden as well. Particularly on a cold night like that. Started well. I was feeling confident, I have to say. I don't think Northampton have been particularly intimidating this season. Franklin's Gardens, always a tough place to go. We got hammered there last year. I don't like comparing results to previous seasons because you get a lot of personnel change. You get a lot of coaching change. Other teams are very different, not just our own team. So I don't think they're necessarily comparable but it was a much better return, let's say, two points as opposed to a drumming. Mm, we did get drubbed there, Delato, didn't we? But yeah, I mean, Danny Wilson said in his post-game interview, and Caden said it as well, you score five tries away from home in the league and you really should be coming away with with a win. Um, and you know, even a five-point win. We do take two from it, which is, I suppose, the best of a bad situation, having lost the game. But just three errors that just gave them, gave them scores. You can't give teams at home those opportunities to score easy tries. Such a weird feeling, isn't it? I don't know how to feel. I'm weirdly content with it because... But you, but you actually put a good tweet out after the game, didn't you? You said, actually, we defended pretty well for 80 minutes. Yeah. It was just the three three silly errors. I think people are quite split by that, actually. We got a couple of replies saying, we must have been watching different games. I don't think we defended especially well. And maybe you get a different TV experience compared to... But a, you've also got to remember that Northampton are one of those sides a bit like us that are difficult to defend. They are one of the more attacking sides. They're bloody good in attack, aren't they? One of the tries they scored in the first half, I think it was. No, second half, where um, they just used the full width of the pitch and yeah. got it in the corner. That was I was right behind them for that try. You could see all the running lines. You could see the distribution of the ball. That was a proper try from them. They're a tough team to defend. Slate home in the corner, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. He got a couple, didn't he? But yeah. um, they're a good, they're a good attacking outfit. They've just not been firing especially well this season. They were three wins, three losses going into this one, and I kind of hope we'd add another loss to their tally. And away wins are so important in this league that to fall just short on a potential away win is actually actually significant because. Any away win you get is is massive. You've mm. got to win your home games. Unfortunately, we lost one last week. If we were to write that wrong with a win this week on the road, that would have been enormous for our season. Yeah. So it's disappointing that the only way we lost it was self-inflicted. I, I don't think they were a better side than us. No, I agree. And I think there was definitely two howlers, one off the back of a line-out and then one off the back of a scrum. That It's disappointing because the heart was there. The mm. attacking intent was there. And you would think after a, a big defeat at home against Saris, the focus levels we would have from minute one to minute 80 would be through the roof. You'd think we'd all have a point to prove and we would never drop our focus. But maybe it wasn't drop focus. Maybe it was just poor execution in those two moments that led to catastrophic errors that ultimately cost us the game. But because they were so catastrophic... Mm. I don't feel too negative about it because it was just a blip. It's not like we've got something fundamentally wrong with our playing style. It's not like there's a real concern in our defence. It's something that's quite easily fixable. And maybe that's why I'm more content with it. 
Um, but yeah, we're starting to look like ourselves again. We're attacking well. It, interestingly, I don't think we look as sharp in attack as we did last season. I don't think Marcus looks as sharp as he did last season. I don't know if he's mentally fatigued because he didn't really get any time off over the summer. Then a World Cup. He's had a lot to contend with being moved to 15 a little bit. I don't know if maybe he just needs to find his pace again. And he'll only do that by playing regularly. Similarly to Tyrone Green, really. Play him, we well, out. He'll find his feet. I was going to mention Tyrone Green. I feel like Green, we're slightly off the pace, don't you think? Well, I, I, I think... We're know, good enough to score tries when we're off yeah, the pace. Yeah, I mean, we always... Five. Yeah, we I always, still think we always we're do. slightly off. I just think with Marcus a little bit, you know, it, I think you, you just... You've, You've nailed it. It's just the differences in structure in an England shirt being moved to 15, as good as Marcus is, it is going to cloud your vision a little bit. And, you know, yeah. and, and the, premiership is, being, right? the premiership is a tough proving ground, you know. It's it's not, no one no one gives you easy games, but, you know, it will come good. And we, there's there's always glimpses there from when we play well. I thought there were some beautiful attacking, you know, plays that we went through. You know, Danny making some big breaks. I thought Tyrone Green looked really good. I thought Danny was magnificent, by the way. I thought thought he was one of our standout players. It was good to see him tap and go again. Yeah. It was good to see him control the tempo. I think there was a couple of loose kicks from him and there was quite a lot of loose kicks from Marcus, actually. His touch finders weren't great and he missed one off the tee. So I don't know if that's something that boys will look at in training this week is just to get a bit more kicking under their belts. But they do it so consistently week in, week out. It might have just been one of those off weeks. And actually, Owen Farrell missed about six conversions. Maybe it was something in the air this weekend. But I thought Danny was awesome. He was one of my standout players. I thought George Hammond was excellent again as well. Yeah, And I wonder every minute. I wonder whether he might get the rest this week if Launchbury was given the rest this I think so, um, mate. He um he picked up a shoulder injury in the act of scoring. It looked yeah. like he yard it on his way down. And then as he was sort of flexing it or rotating it a couple of phases later, he really flinched as if he'd caught a nerve as he was kind of trying to stretch it off. So I wouldn't be surprised if we just protect him a little bit. He's been so good for us. And you almost forget about... Hugh Tizard at this point, who was very much who? ahead of him in the pecking order. Exactly. How good was Hugh Tizard this last season for us? Yeah. He's gone to Saracens and almost been forgotten. And George Hammond's taken the shirt now and he's got better and better and better. And he's scoring loads of tries. He's scored three now, top of the try scoring charts for Quinns, along with lots of others, granted. But yeah, I think give him a rest. He's young. He's still developing. He's had a good run of games. He's picked up a slight knock. Sale's not one where you want to play with a shoulder injury. So mm-hmm. rotate him a little bit. I've got a couple of questions for you on the game then. So there is two or three moments that that stood out just sort of as your abiding memory. Not that we're going to change the result, the win-lose, but do you think, and again, it's difficult to sort of say this without being a little bit biased, do you think that Saints could have been shown a yellow with that sort of 10 minutes to go? Oh, over? yeah, that was right in front of us. We were opposite stand to you. It was myself, Berge, my dad and my brother. And um, yeah, just... I don't know what the comms was on on Sarah Cox, the referee. I thought she did okay watching in the stadium. But you don't always get the context of what decisions are given for unless you've got the ref mic in, which you don't. Mm -hmm. There was way too many penalties for no further punishment to be given, I thought. And the yellow card probably would have been quite helpful. We were very lucky, actually, to get that second losing bonus point. Because we kicked for the corner. With, so this is so I this think, is the, ne- this yeah, is the next. Yeah, we right? Yes, go on, mate. Let's this clash. This is the next thing, right? We don't normally clash, but this I is know. a debate between us. There's two and a half minutes to go in the game. We only need three points to get a losing bonus point. We get a penalty slap bang in front of the sticks. Jared Evans is on. Marcus Smith is on. You've got two incredible kickers there. Either one of them can slot it in their sleep with their eyes closed. Whatever. We go to the corner because we're Harlequins, and that's what we do. 
But I felt like since Danny Wilson's come in, we've got a bit more pragmatism to us. And actually, bigger picture, two and a half minutes. It is so unrealistic that we're going to be able to win this game. Take three and get those points. Get two points on the board. We didn't. We went to the corner. We lost the line out. And we're all heads in our hands thinking, why have we just done that? <laughs> Blown a point. And then Alex Mitchell throws the most bizarre intercept pass to George Hammond, who's probably my favourite Quinns player at the moment. <laughs> and we managed to kind of truck it up, keep it up the jumper, and Jibs goes over. And all of a sudden, we're, we're limbs in the air celebrating how we managed to pull this off. And then we still have a chance of winning if we go 100 metres. And I'm getting shades of Exeter away from last season where they went 100 metres. Oh, meters God, yeah. And the clock was in the red and they scored. And I'm thinking, ah, <laughs> we've got this in the locker as well. <laughs> so I can predict your argument here is that we we gave ourselves the chance to win. Yeah. I would counter that by saying, no, we didn't. Northampton gave us the chance to win because they cocked up. It wasn't for anything that we'd done. I think we should have taken three. The scoreline would have read a little bit differently, but we would have still got two points. I was thinking to myself in the car on the way back, what would I have felt like if we had kicked for points and taken the three and not given ourselves a chance to win the game? I know I, I completely understand the argument because at that point you take the three and you're guaranteed the two. Well, not guaranteed the two because there's still a minute or so left, but yeah, two po- you know two points is is looking likely. But I, 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 it's the thing. I, I was sort of sat in the car thinking. I, I think I'd have felt really, really disappointed had we taken the three. I know what you're trying to say with Danny Wilson giving us a little bit more pragmatism and offering a little bit more detail into our game. But I don't think I'd have felt as content. The wrong word because we lost. But I don't think I'd have taken that defeat as easily had we just, you know, admitted defeat taken the three and said oh no what lads we'll take the two if we go for the corner and we score and obviously we get the try in rather fortuitous circumstances but if we'd have taken the the you know kicked the corner there and scored they're then kicking the ball back to us with you know almost a couple of minutes left in the game but the likelihood of that is a lot less than slotting three over yeah but but that's but that's what i but that's what i mean like I, I I, I, i hear what you're saying but everybody's talking with pride that we've just got two points away on the road at saints which is really tough to go as we know from last season everyone's talking about that with pride anyway what's the difference between scoring a try to get the two points or kicking three which is far more likely if, right, if because have... I think if we score from that play rather than it going three or four phases and then turning the ball over, then finding this ridiculous intercept from Mitchell's pass, it's, it's a game of probability, isn't it? The probability of slotting three and getting the yeah, point I know, I know. the corner and getting the. I get, I, I get the whole mindset thing, but mindset yeah. doesn't get you any points. Let, let's ditch the mindset for a minute. We just need points. There's not enough games this season to to play around and try and. But this is what this is what identity. stood us in such good stead for that. You know, Premiership winning season, and then is it because you know, it it's Northampton though? Because if we were playing Sale away in that exact same scenario, I would you have taken three? I don't think it last matters. year we took three. I don't think it matters. I, whoever we were playing with that scoreline, with the ball in that position, having already scored four tries and got a bonus point, you just say, oh, if we kick for the corner in, and and our driving mall has been operating really nicely this year. We you know we scored one from Walker in the first half. We scored a couple, you know, in the previous weeks against Newcastle. You just think and Leicester as well. At this if, point, it's, it's six and two threes anyway, isn't it? We got of course points. it is. Of course got it is. It, got it either way. Whether we were a bit fortuitous or not doesn't necessarily matter. But if we move on to Sale, yeah. do you expect to see a different playing style this week, or is it Friday night under the lights at home? Point to prove. Would you take a one point win, or do you want to see us absolutely take them to town? I mean, obviously, I'd like to see us take them to town, but it's um it's different, isn't it? Because obviously, our last two home games have been 
you know Newcastle and Saracens and you know let's, let's call let's call, yeah, call yeah. a spade a spade. You know they're 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 off opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of quality yeah. and you know what we can do. And we obviously saw what we can do against Newcastle, but then we saw what happened against Saracens the week before where we didn't do anything. I mean, like Caden said, we didn't fire a shot all game. So it'll be different and it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what, what happens. And, and What do you and... do with your back row? Because Sale are a physical team. They've got a good back row, very disruptive back row. Obviously, we've seen the news this week, unfortunately, Tom Curry's out for the season, which you never like to yeah. see. I do like Tom Curry. He's a good player and... He's um he's had an unfair bit of flat recently off the back of the World Cup. He's um he seems like one of the good lads in the squad. Unfortunate to see him out, but they've got great depth in their back row. What do you go with? Because typically you would think fight fire with fire, go for a power back row. Maybe you would go with a a Cunningham South at six, a Chisholm at seven, a Don Brandt at eight, and just carry and hit rucks and hit people. Or do you stick with what we've got, which is I think it's really nicely balanced at the moment, actually. One thing I didn't realise is how big Dino Lamb is. Yeah, He's big absolutely boy. enormous. Actually, Franklin's Gardens is pretty good for getting you quite close to the pitch. It felt like we were very, very close. Dino is absolutely enormous. Um, I just, I just think at six, Webb at seven, Don Brandt eight is quite nicely balanced at the moment. But do you rotate because Hammond comes out? I, well, I this is but this is the thing we're sort of guessing here a little bit with Hammond about you know whether he might get a rest as did Launchbury and then whether he might you know, not pull up in, in full health after his shoulder on Friday night. But if we're assuming that Hammond might not play for whatever I reason... I, I think you rest him anyway, even if he is fit. Potentially. But, you know, if we, if we assume he's not going to play through either being rested or a little bit of injury or just time, I mean, is, is Ernie going to start again? He I played well, actually, didn't he? If, yeah, he was good. I think Launchby, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think what I would probably do against Sale... Is I'd probably go Launchbury and Ernie, and I think I'd keep that back row with Dino, Webb, and Dommers. Not a bad shout. I think I know, and I, I think because the think... other option is there's there's kind of the work rate option, isn't there? If you get Tom Lorde in there at six, who's just a a Chris Robshaw kind of mould, yeah, big tank, runs around making tackles, not not necessarily dominant in the contact, and not necessarily a ball carrier, but he'll give you solidity, won't he? Yeah, but then obviously you know you've got the the firecracker in in Chandler Cunningham South coming off the bench. I thought he was excellent when he came on. He was, wasn't he? He was showed really some good. showed some power and some you know some great carries. And they were they were attacking our end as well in that second half. And Cunningham South took a quick tap off Don Brandt and um, took about three or four men with him and still made ground. He looks really really strong. So maybe he doesn't start. Maybe he offers that impact off the bench. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I go with the team this week because we mm. thought we were going to roll out a very similar team, didn't we, against Saints? Thought, go and right some wrongs, pick out the same team, give them a chance. But naturally, there was a rest week for some of them. I think Marla comes back in. I think I'd go back to Riley at hooker. If Collier's fit, I don't know if he was rested or whether he was injured this week. Collier's fit, I think he comes back in because the front row battle against Sale is going to be colossus. I thought Dylan Lewis was good as well. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I do like Dylan Lewis, but I think scrummaging is going to be really important and there's no better tight head in, in the Premiership that's scrummaging than, than Will Collier for me. And then I don't disagree with your second row, Launchbury, Ernie, and then Dino, Webb, Don Brandt. I stick with Danny and Marcus, get some think, games up with the belts the back, again. I think the backs will stand changed. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, actually, yeah. I mean, while we're on the subjects of who we're picking, obviously, we mentioned Cunningham South there. We'll quickly wrap up with some three-word reviews from Friday night, because one of them here from Richard D. Werwant C., it's a funny, uh, funny Twitter handle, his three-word review is more Cunningham South. 
Yeah. Which is interesting. So whether I'm not sure whether he'll quite jump on and start, but definitely, you know, off the bench, giving us some giving us some punch and some go forward. Um Paul Edwards says five points blown. The Saints Supporters Club have gone cheers, Danny Kerr, which is a bit nasty. Um Nikki Green, soft tries given. Jez Walder, such small margins. And I quite like this. Uh, Deeps has put another Gattuso performance. So those of you who haven't seen that, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe sometimes maybe not so good. Um, what else have we got here? Michael Watts, stop individual errors. Paul Bachelor, too many errors. Sam Boone, not quite there. Luke, frustrating to watch. So, there's, a, there's a good one on Instagram as well, mainly because I really like the handle. Pickled Dingo <laughs> says, old habits return. And he's probably not wrong. It did take me back a little bit to the John Kingston era where there was just some unforgivable errors, really, that ultimately cost us. Quinn's beating Quinn's, I think, is probably going to be my three-word review. Um, But there's promise there. And the signs are there. Boys look hungry. We've got a few returning from injury. We've just been through a rest week. We've scored five tries. We're back at home. It's a Friday night game, and we love a Friday night game. Yeah. And it's, it's a proper test as well. It would be nice if we actually could play a team like Sale at the moment, I think it's a good game for us. It's one that we'll be fired up for. It's one where we've got a point to prove. And if we can get a result against them, it does lay down a marker to the rest of the league. If we were playing, with no disrespect, Newcastle on a Friday night, it's, it doesn't have the same fire in the belly to it, does it? It doesn't have the the reward from all the effort that the boys are going to put in this this week because it's expected to get five points. I think it's a real clash this weekend. It's going to be a good foundation, a good building block to set. If we can go into the European rounds with a win under our belts at home against Sale, I'm not too concerned. Shoot me, but I'm not too concerned about Europe this season. I'm all in on the league. I've never been like that. Never been like that. I think we'll, we'll have a good shot at Europe and we'll enjoy it. But I'm all in on the league. It's so tight. Everyone's beating everybody. There's a lot fewer games. We're already a third of the way through the season. Let's finish this block of fixtures in the Premiership with a big win at home against Sale. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. There's going to be fireworks on and off the pitch. Come on, the Quins. Yeah, mate, I'm all in. That's where we'll leave it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Caden as much as we enjoyed talking to him. And as Will says, massive game at home on Friday night against Sale. We look forward to it. See you all there. Come on, you Quins. Come on, the Quins. <laughs>